Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 it says this now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple he asked to receive alms And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Today, my message is all about the name of Jesus. Do me a favor real quick. Everybody just say Jesus. I'm going to preach to you a sermon this morning called The Name Above All Names. Let's pray. Father, use me this morning. Speak through me. Help me to get out of the way. Holy Spirit, let this be your message. Let it be your words. Let it transform lives. Let it touch hearts this morning. I pray for freedom this morning for healing this morning, for restoration, for deliverance this morning by your word. We thank you for your presence in this place and we thank you for the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Now, if you'll follow along in your notes, I'm gonna get a little technical on you for about two minutes, okay? That's why I put it in there. The name of Jesus is actually transliterated from Hebrew and Aramaic. The name is actually Yeshua. Everybody say Yeshua. The word is a combination of Yah, an abbreviation for Yahweh. We know Yahweh in in the book of Exodus. The name of Israel's God and the verb Yasha, meaning rescue, deliver, or save. So the English spelling of the Hebrew word Yeshua is actually Joshua. Interesting. But when translated from Hebrew into Koine Greek, the original language of the New Testament, the name Yeshua becomes Iseus, and in English, Iseus becomes Jesus. 
Now Christ or Christos, you know, Jesus Christ, Christ or Christos in Greek means the anointed one, which translates into the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means Messiah. So if you put Jesus Christ together, what you get is Yeshua Mashiach. Try saying that five times real fast. Yeshua Mashiach. You're following me yet. Finally, what this means when we get the translation is Yahweh saves. Yahweh is salvation. In other words, God is not sitting up there angry, looking at you, waiting for the day he can smite you down. No, it's quite the opposite. His name literally means Yahweh saves, the God who saves, the God who rescues, the God who delivers. Jesus is a rescuer. Jesus is a deliverer. Now the Christ, or Christos, the anointed one, in the Old Testament, in ancient Israel, when someone was given a position of authority, oil was poured on his head to signify his being set apart for God's service. Kings like David, Saul, Solomon, the prophets like Elisha and others, usually they were anointed by other men of authority or position. So the word Christ is really kind of a connecting word. It's, it's not his name, so to speak. It's more of his authority, his title, which meant the anointed one. And what most people don't catch is that Jesus was anointed as well. He was anointed twice. But both times he was anointed by a woman who had no position, who had no authority, who had no royalty, who had no title, who had no responsibility over anyone. But that is who Jesus chose to allow to anoint him for service. What am I saying? You see, in their culture, in that time, the women were not regarded very high. They were regarded very low. And in fact, they got a little upset whenever these women would show up to anoint Jesus. And they would say, how come you're not telling her to get away from you? How, how come you're not telling her to do this or that? And he said, she came to anoint my feet, but you didn't even care for me when I walked in the door. You see, what he was trying to convey as the savior of the universe was that he wasn't above a lowly woman being the one to anoint and crown him. While other people are waiting for kings to anoint them with oil and it to be this public spectacle, we can't wait to be recognized by other people who are recognized. Jesus did everything backwards. He did not come as a king in man's eyes. He came as a baby in a manger poor. And then when it was time for his anointing day, he chose a woman who had nothing. You see, you think you're not worthy to be 
in his presence. You think that you're not called to do anything great, but I'm telling you, a woman who was not in high regard, who had no position, who had no authority, was chosen to anoint the king of kings. So Peter and James, after this incident, after what we read, after they healed this young man, they began to teach, you see, because so many people just didn't understand what was going on. Much like Jesus would stop, he would heal, and then he would teach, right? Just like when the woman came and anointed him, then he used that opportunity to teach. Jesus did it, and now Peter and James healed, and now they're doing it. Everyone's seeing this young man jumping around, praising God, and they begin to teach. And while they were teaching, the Sadducees, the chief priests, everyone in power, everyone with recognition, everyone with authority showed up and they began to ask this question. They began to ask, whose name did you pray in? Because what they wanna know is, was it in the name of Yahweh? Was it in the name of the Hebrew God? The only thing that they knew at the moment. And they said, no, 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 no. We prayed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now hear me, Jesus, as it stands alone, the name as it stands alone was very common. It was a common name. It was like us saying Don Juan or something like that. It was very common. It's just everyday name. Some of you go, woo, I never eaten that restaurant, it's good. It was a common name and so they had to always say Jesus Christ of Nazareth so that they knew who they were talking about. Because there was only one Jesus Christ that came from Nazareth, which was important. And so they're questioning, whose name are you praying? And they said, who? That guy, the one we crucify? You mean the one that, you know, is gone? You prayed in that guy's name? They got arrested for this. They got arrested for healing this man and praying in the name of Jesus for him to be healed. So we, verse one, story in Acts chapter four, verse one, and it says this. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed let me tell you something. When you start praying in Jesus' name, it starts annoying stuff. Everybody, anybody get annoyed in church? You might want to check your heart. <laughs> anybody get annoyed when the presence of God gets around? There's something wrong there. There's something wrong there. They got annoyed because they saw what God was doing because they were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead and they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Come on, this one man got healed. They were teaching and 5,000 people believed that day. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with, 
with Ennis, the high priest of Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priest's family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Oh, see, he wasn't done preaching. He wasn't done teaching. He wasn't done declaring the goodness of Jesus. He used his imprisonment as another opportunity to declare all God has done. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You see, if anybody tells you you can get to heaven any other way except through Jesus, they're a liar. If anybody tells you that there's another way to heaven, you can go around God, you can go around Christ, they're a liar. There is only one way. And in a world where everything seems to be pointing towards tolerance right now, where everything is pointed towards you got to fit in with this or else we'll cancel you. Cancel me then, I don't care. I really don't care. Block me, please. In a world where everything is like that, they were being canceled by simply saying the name of Jesus. They were being arrested. They were being persecuted. They were being thrown into prison. And in our day and age, if people hear Jesus, they think, oh, this kind, sweet, nice, you know, Everything's fluffy and okay. They don't understand what he went through to give them breath in their lungs. And it's our job, just like Peter, just like James, to declare that there is no other name under heaven given to a man by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. You see, these dudes were not smart. They weren't intelligent. They didn't have the degrees, much like myself. They didn't have all the accolades that come with education. They were fishermen. They were normal dudes. Some of y'all fishermen in the house, right? I just was on a boat yesterday. That's some wild stuff, man. That's a different world. But guess what? He uses people like that. He uses people that are common. It's, this isn't for just people who passed the SAT. I don't know if I passed the SAT. I can't remember. What was that again? The, the ACT, the ACT, the ACT, CAT, I don't know. I, I think someone took it for me. I don't know. Was that part of that scandal? I don't remember. I was lost back then. Forgive me. I wasn't that smart. 
But then I met Jesus and everything changed. My mind opened, wisdom began to pour in and it wasn't human wisdom, it was heavenly wisdom. Can I get an amen this morning? And so these were common men. They were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. There was nothing these people could say because the proof was standing right there. They all knew this guy. He was, he was there forever. And now he's standing. Now he's talking. Now he's walking. Now he's running around praising God. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't deny it. Verse 15. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may, be, may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in what? His name. See, his name had so much power. His name had so much threat to the enemy. They said, we, got, we don't want to, we could care less about canceling those guys. We're trying to cancel the name of Jesus. See, anytime you start declaring the name of Jesus and people get restless, welcome to the party. Because that's when Jesus is doing his work. That's when the Holy Spirit is moving in. Because people's hearts, their spirit, they can sense when truth is in the room. When the true name of Jesus is being spoken, you can sense it, you can feel it. And when you're lost and you don't know God and you aren't connected to him and you start to hear the name of Jesus or whatever, it starts to do something to you. And so they were trying to cancel the name of Jesus out of the vocabulary of the people. So verse 18, so they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. He was lame since birth. 40 years he's been sitting there collecting money. 40 years everyone's just passing by, giving him money. 40 years no one had power within them to heal that person. And then Peter comes by and declares the name that is above all names. See, they said, hey, you know, we don't have any money, but what I do have. How many times do we look at a homeless person with disgust? How many times do we pass them by? You don't have to give them money, but you have something way more valuable that you should be giving them. Hey, let me tell you something right now. And you speak as fast as you can before that light turns green. <laughs> Jesus loves you and he's gonna heal you and he's gonna come over here and let me pray for you. God bless you, bye. Hey, it's okay. Your spirit will catch it. You can come back around if you want, just do a loop. Hey, I'm gonna tell you the rest of it. And then you finish, you come. Hello? Somebody? 
do whatever you have to do. Throw them a dollar if you want to. Throw them a taco. I don't care. But tell them about Jesus. They're worth it. Let me tell you something. If someone tells you that your cousin Julio called you while you're at work, you might say, take a message. Right? We all got that one cousin Julio. Yeah, take a message. It's just Julio. But if someone told you that Michael Jordan called while you at work, <laughs> the whole place would shut down. The whole place would immediately be waiting to hear that. Put it on speaker, bro. Everybody wants to hear that conversation. You see, there's a weight that the name Michael Jordan carries, right? Everyone in here knows who Michael Jordan is. Everybody watching me online knows who Michael Jordan is. And his name carries a weight even to this day. Still being debated that he was the greatest basketball player ever. I grew up, I am Michael Jordan. I thought I was him. I can do what he do. My tongue, ah, what he did. You see, Michael Jordan has a name that is honored globally, right? He's one of the few people in the world that his name is honored globally. Honor is interesting because to the world, honor means to respect, to pay homage to someone, to show love to someone, right? Is that Michael Jordan calling right now? Is that, is that what's going on? You couldn't make this stuff up, man. Hello? Michael! Okay. Jordan! Show me one of your rings, bro. You see, in the world, honor means to pay homage, to show respect, to show love. But in biblical terms, honor means to assign heaven's value. I'm going to say that again. Honor, in biblical terms, means to assign heaven's value. When we honor the name of Jesus, we are assigning heaven's value to his name. When we honor the name of Jesus, we are saying all of heaven, take a moment, pause, and watch what he's about to do. When we honor the name of Jesus in our life, we are surrendering, we are telling God, hey, I matter very little, you matter greatly, do whatever you want to do with me. Everyone's name means something. His name meant rescuer and deliverer. But regardless of what your name means, honor his name in your life. Because some of you have names that, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? We all have, you know, somebody we know that their name is a little, little weird, like Jacob. I feel bad for the guy. His name meant liar. Like they're just walking around, hey, liar. And God later changed his name to Israel, right? And redeemed his name. But some of us walking around with just a weird name. It's okay. Say the name that is above all names. Worship team, y'all can come up.
have one more scripture for you. It's in Philippians chapter 2. In verse 1, it says this. So if there is participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You who thought he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God, the Father. Amen. You see, Christ came humble. Christ came low. Christ came in mere human form as a baby. Christ came like you, like me. Christ came not to be different than you, but to take you to a different place and take you on a journey. He came in a way that showed that he did not come to serve. He, he did not come to be served, he came to serve. He did not come to be crowned, he came to crown. He did not come to be exalted, he came to exalt. He did not come to be loved, he came to love. He did not come to live. He came to die. And while we're trying to figure out so desperately how to live, he was trying to figure out what's the best way I can die? What's the best way I can lay down my life for them? And yes, even them. And yes, even that one. And yes, even that one. 
See, his name was actually common. His name didn't have status. It was normal. But when he laid down his life, heaven's value was assigned to it. When he laid down his life for you and me, heaven's value was assigned to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That name will now forever be the most important name that you will ever utter out of your mouth. He took commonness and made greatness out of it. He took ordinary and made it spectacular. You can play, Josh. In the book of Philippians, we just read. In verse 9, it's therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God, the Father. You see, one day, every knee will bow no matter what. From the time that he left this earth to the time that we finally find our home in heaven, every single knee, every single tongue will declare who he is. Everyone will bow, everyone will declare it. Demons have to honor him. Demons know that he is real. And they, the Bible says they shudder at the thought of who he is because they know one day their judgment is coming. So we all bow in heaven, on the earth, under the earth. We all bow, we all declare his name. The question is, when will you bow? The question is, when will you declare who he is? See, there's some people in this room this morning that you fought bowing at the name of Jesus. You fought declaring who he really is. You haven't said yes yet. You haven't given him your life yet. You haven't told him that you're the greatest in my life. You're the one that's supposed to be the keeper of my heart. You haven't told him that yet. And I'm telling you this morning is your opportunity to bow at the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Your name ain't that special. His name is way more special because of what he did, not because the name that was given to him, but because of what he did with his life. He laid down his life for you, for me. He gave his all for you, for me. So the only question this morning I have for you is when will you bow? Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. You see, in the ancient times, <laughs> you ready? In the ancient times, the way they named you, the way they named you, that was your mission in life. What your name meant, that was supposed to be your mission in life. And so Jesus comes and his name means rescuer, deliverer, right? A God who saves. And so Jesus fulfilled his mission. He rescued. 
He delivered. He's here this morning to rescue. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. If you've never truly dedicated your heart, this morning is the time to bow at the name of Jesus. I don't care if you've never stepped foot in the church until this morning. Today is the day of salvation. It's time to bow at the name of Jesus. I don't care if you've been fighting it, you've been struggling. Don't stay lame. Be like the beggar who got his healing, who got his freedom, and jump on up this morning. Jesus, his only mission, his only mission was you. He didn't, can't, he didn't come to, to build a place for himself. He didn't come to, to sit on a throne for himself here. He came to sit on the throne of your heart. His mission was you. His purpose was you. His lifelong achievement was you. Let's stand this morning. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you're here in this room and you have not bowed at the name of Jesus and you know it's time, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about things that you may assume come along with it. I'm talking about truly saying, Jesus, I want you to be in charge over my life. I surrender right now this morning. If that's you, if, if you know that it's time, I want you to lift your hand. joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.